Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. If you're going to emulate your team's greatest ever out half by dropping a goal to win a crucial match in the dying moments, you may as well go the whole hog and emulate his most iconic celebration while you're at it. Jack Crowley went full Ron O'Gara on Saturday, keeping his nerve to kick the drop goal under the most intense pressure, and then wagging the fingers like I'm trying to do it here, Murph. Wagging the fingers like we saw. There's back too in much side to side motion there. On it's it's very much just a Dennis Taylor esque wag as Ooh. he's running back to the halfway line. I think there's a bit of side to side motion in both. I feel for me that I see someone finger wagging. I immediately think Dennis Taylor. I don't even when it's a drop goal, even, even when, when it's, it's a monster at half. Are you serious? I still think, is it as good as Dennis Taylor's finger wag? Is it as cheeky as Dennis Taylor's finger wag? I'd have to say not quite. I put Jack Crowley's finger wag third in the all-time Irish sports finger wags top three. Welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. Hey, Si. Hey, Owen. How are you? What a celebration that was. Talk some sense into this man, Simon. That's going mm. straight to Listen, number it's one. It's a hell of a celebration. But, but Murph, what you do you know? think about the fact that he did celebrate that way immediately after probably the greatest moment in his career so far? It's got to count for something. But then again, Dennis Taylor, he won he won the, the World Snooker Championship in front of 29... Stop talking about Dennis 29 Taylor! Million, 29 All million Munster fans want to hear years. about is how they smoked Leinster. This is their greatest day in well, years. You're talking about Dennis Taylor. Leinster's 13. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, you know, I do, do you kind of feel that was lost a little bit in the celebration. I was uh, looking at the Leinster team and it's like... Monster fans, I'm so sorry. I wanted isn't to get like further into this before letting the, him lose here. Isn't there like three of the Leinster starting 15? Try telling this to the lads with their tops off immediately after the match or any of those Monster players uh, listen, celebrating I, like... I, 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 I see where they're coming from. Great celebration. Listen, I, I, I congratulate them and go nuts. I just, I just feel like at some stage maybe someone would you, should Would you walked up Mike. to Keith Earl's kids immediately after and said there's actually Leinster B team? <laughs> <laughs> well, C team. But uh, no, I would not have done that, Simon. Of course. I mean, I'm not 
you know, a killjoy. Mm. But here we are now, almost 48 yeah. hours after the event. And I think, you know, we can inject a little bit of uh, reality into the conversation here. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm a necessary, you know, a, a leavening effect on the hysteria. Yeah, I forgot Robbie Henshaw was on the C team. Murph, this was <laughs> the way the way Munster won this. I where they won it, Murph, where they won it, and who they beat, and the record against this team. It's basically perfection from Munster perspective. Yeah, it really is. It's massive. Yeah. It's, well, for it's it's so sweet for so many reasons for them. It, the way it was done, I don't just mean the drop goal. I mean the kind of rugby they were playing with mm. a minute or two before the drop yep. goal, but tr- t- shifting it fr- out the backs and through the forwards. On the wrong line. On your own try line. Yeah. Trying to work it out that way. A few clever kicks. All of that kind of stuff. The drop goal itself, just having one moment like that that you can wrap mm. everything around, that happens late. So it all carries, you know, an, uh, by no means full Aviva Stadium. And yet it looked absolutely electric. You know, when the players are doing their post-match interviews and oftentimes the fans are trying to hear yeah. them and cheer them. There was none of that. The fans didn't care what anyone was saying. Yeah. It was just l- losing their minds in the moment and going absolutely nuts. It was a bloody good game of rugby as well. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really yeah, good. yeah. Brilliant. Jesus, yeah. Really good game. But, you know, I mean, Leicester, t- t- Leicester didn't have their yeah. best game. Yeah. But they didn't play too badly either. And Munster had to go and win the thing several times. You know, they had plenty of time to think about all their butcher chances, all the times they've come close. They'd all that linger around in their subconscious as they went into those final phases and yet they're still doing their stuff on their own try line, as you say. And like you'd have to say, this is a total transformation of their playing style, obviously, of their self belief and their of their philosophy. Like I didn't actually think it was possible to change that much in one season. Often a coach will come in and go, right, let's just sort the set piece. Mm. Let's just sort the defence. And actually defence is one of the things that's only come <laughs> in in recent sort of weeks that it's really improved under Leamy. But they've sort of changed every element of the team. Now, I know they have to go and hopefully win the thing. But if you're ever to sort of kickstart a movement again, that was the way to do it. I think so. Murph, if you really wanted to put me off here and made me not think so mm. well about Munster over the weekend. You could have just mentioned Donegal Callahan's shoes. I that would have done it for me. I feel like, you know... They kind of deserve to lose based on Donegal <laughs> Callahan's outfit, to be that, fair. That might, seem, that might seem to people who haven't seen those shoes as an overly harsh statement. However, old, I agree with you. <laughs> Even Graham Rountree was struck by the shoes in yeah. his post-match interview. Well, A little bit freaked out by them. Mm. But on they go, and on they go to the... Stormers away, URC yeah. final against Stormers away. Connick played... Up as they have done in recent times, really well. They kind of gave everything they had and, you know, it was still hanging in the balance in the second half. But the Stormers are lethally dangerous, like more dangerous than Toulouse, more dangerous than Leinster in those sort of moments when they get close to your line. Um, Manny Libach is, he'd frighten any defence coach, I think, or any video analyst in advance because I don't know how much, a bit like DuPont or something like that, you, you can kind of, manage the rest of the team and hope mm-hmm. you don't he doesn't get too much possession but putting him off his game doesn't look too likely um but Munster have won they've this will be their sixth away game in a row they've won four of them including the Stormers away and I kind of feel like improving form is one thing but getting that win against Leinster is is the kind of step you need you know, there's like, oh yeah, our defense a bit better um, attacking structures improving but then that sort of iconic win is is the jet fuel, I think. I've just had a light bulb moment, Murph, as Simon talks there. I think the Lunster fan is... Ba- is Simon a Lunster fan? <laughs> Do you remember that bollocks God, oh, that 20 was, years ago? That was a lot of bollocks, wasn't it? Simon's Jeez, really, really talking up Lunster yeah. today, but... 
Would you go that far, Sam Lunster? <laughs> well, do you know what? Honestly, you know what? Even like, saying like, that I word, really just visceral no, reaction oh, to hearing that word. I was horrible. Like, Stop saying it, on and don't ever say it on Lunster. the podcast ever, yeah. ever again. Qu- quite a few uh, of my friends who are Leinster fans are like, God, I forgot how much I hated Munster. I hate hating <laughs> Munster. I, I really don't want them to win again. That's huge. Though. That's like instant, the thing. But that's yeah. what the rivalry is now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, needs Munster to beat Leinster. Yeah, I think Donald O'Callaghan actually was a key part of it. But Leinster psychology is really interesting because. There's like the the next run O'Gara wagging his finger. There's O'Gara just haunting their dreams at all La times. Rochelle, yeah. uh, La Rochelle coming. The similarities to last season, losing the semi-final in the URC at home again, facing La Rochelle in a final again. The fact that the final's at home sort of brings an added... They cannot afford to lose this final now. You know, it's uh-huh. like their, their, their success like, is yeah. all boiled down to this 80 minutes against yeah. our brilliant team. And I also feel like... Uh, let's be honest here. In a rugby, in a World Cup year, mm. the idea that uh, when it comes to knockout rugby, like Ireland, basically, i.e. Leinster, uh, fail really badly two two days in a, like two weeks in a row, mm. that would not be good. That would not be a good. I uh, actually look think for, I I think it's, it's a bad look for Leinster. Is that what you were going to say? No, a bad to... look for Ireland. Like a bad look looking ahead to the. To the World Cup, to the World Cup itself. Uh, no, I actually, I actually it, think like, they, they, I actually think it damages Leinster, not Ireland. I think this group of players, which is mostly Leinster, have proven over and over now that they can kind of cope with pressure and, and expectation and being favourites and all that sort of stuff and a few tough matches in a row. Mm. But if they can do with Ireland, then they should be definitely doing it with Leinster. But they have, you know, the Furlong and Sheen and Porter. James Ryan, Ring Rose, Gibson Park and all sorts coming back in. So it is, as you said at the very start, Ruff, it is a different team, but it's the same group that have just been hurt by Munster and the Ghost of Roger. Our friend, the ex-Munster centre, Barry Murphy, was in the thick of it doing live radio commentary. We're talking to Barry today. You'll be glad to know. We'll cover the Leinster side of things tomorrow and how it affects them in Champions Cup final week with Shane Horgan for World Service members. And we'll build up to Katie Taylor's homecoming, the second part of that massive sporting doubleheader in Dublin next Saturday, along with the rugby. There's also City Madrid in the Champions League semi-final. Paul Flynn and Michael Murphy later in the week. Also, if that's not enough, for World Service members later today, we can finally officially release our Ronnie O'Sullivan interview. That's Ronnie O'Sullivan in studio for what was a phenomenal chat around his brilliant new book, Unbreakable. All that for only a five or a month plus VAT on secondcaptains.com. Just before we get into Munster's side, there was more good news over the weekend. I say more good news as though everybody is delighted with the Munster win. There was good news for the Ireland women's sevens team who've qualified for the Olympics. Yeah, beat Fiji 10-5 in Toulouse. Uh, it was effectively an Olympic playoff. That's what it boiled down to. They knew what was on, what was at stake. Uh, serious pressure because this whole movement or this project really is about Olympic qualification. And as we know, Olympic qualification is only every four years. That's an added layer of pressure that team sports aren't used to. Uh, this group of players wouldn't be used to. So that success and failure, that quite binary thing, a bit like what Leinster face in a Champions Cup final, mm-hmm. like lose it, the whole season feels kind of pointless. If this women's team hadn't made the Olympics, a lot of this whole project would feel a little bit pointless or the last four years of build-up. So a huge amount riding on the game. And then you add in the fact that women's rugby is desperate for good news. I, felt, I really felt it was a massive achievement to come through the game. And it was one in which they were defending for a lot of the second half. It wasn't as if they were like coasting home here it was like living on your nerves living on your defence don't mess up and it's against Fiji who are obviously lethally dangerous in men's and women's sevens so really interesting game brilliant that they came through it 
And then Captain Lucy Mahal, she spoke immediately afterwards about Olympic medals and... Medals? Yeah, justifying themselves in the Olympics. I think it is a realistic hope. Like New Zealand, Australia, mm, USA as well, particularly New Zealand and Australia, kind of hoover up most of the medals and the titles, USA to a slightly lesser extent. But after that... France, Ireland, Great Britain, Fiji, they're all quite close. So depending on the draw, like a semi-final is very realistic for Ireland. Um, just the point, you're saying that Irish women's rugby is desperate for good news. Mm. And it's not even just that. I actually would think that the, what's going on with the 15s at the moment is adding pressure to the sevens because there that's, is this... That's what I meant, sorry. Yeah, I this, didn't is, this, this debate right about whether or not... You know, can you actually sustain both of them and have we put too many resources? What is the sevens anyway, really? Mm. Uh, and if they, if you don't qualify for the Olympics, then those questions gain a lot of currency. But mm. if you qualify for the Olympics and you're talking about a possible medal search, then suddenly, ooh, the IRFU are looking yeah. like they're pretty smart to go big on the sevens. Yeah, no, the men made it last time and actually didn't perform as they'd say themselves. But yeah, July, late July 2024, Stade de France in Paris. Um, it'll be br- it's a brilliant thing to watch in the Olympics. We, we've been watching even when Ireland aren't involved. Mm. It's quite a good event. So when Ireland will be involved, it'll be exciting. Now, all you Munster fans, all you Lunsters out there, oh, you deserve your moment. Don't mind Murph here. Here are the final stages from the Aviva on Saturday. As heard on Limerick's Live 95, Don O'Sullivan and Barry Murphy on commentary. Back for the drop goal. Crowley! seconds ago are they going to South Africa for the final referee watches the whistle still 15 seconds 13 seconds one more ruck will do it for Munster 9 seconds Kendall and Linder 7 seconds to go hurry on clock there's one point between them is Casey going to kick it the clock is red the yes the yes come on Munster and Munster come and win in Dublin Barry Murphy, who were you supporting there at the weekend? I couldn't quite make it out. <laughs> ah, the beauty of local radio. <laughs> Especially when exposed to the national, uh, international podcast. That, was, that looked like a lot of fun for you. It was. Ten years, or how many years of hurt? Listen to my voice, it's gone. Thankfully, Hermitage Green don't have a gig for a couple of weeks. Because my voice went in that moment of screeching. All the years of pain coming out. Um, oh, it was hilarious. I love Don, the hurry up clock. <laughs> Uh, the, <laughs> the end there. I think I'm channeling my inner Shane Dowling. Uh, yes, with bias. yes. Um, very Dowling like. And uh, the, the flattest Limerick accent I've delivered in years. So, ah, <laughs> uh, look, it was uh, it was an unbelievable moment. What a way to win a game! What so a, just, what a game, Barry. Yeah, wasn't it? I, I, oh. Probably the, they were saying it's probably the best URC game of the season, which is quite something when you think it's the rivalry. It's a semi final. All the other elements normally it makes those games a bit flat, but the energy, the intensity, it was a really high standard. It wasn't one of those games where one of the defenses kind of just lets in a couple of tries. Everything was earned and the standard was so high throughout. It really was. I watched it back again this morning and it was just my heart was pounding watching it again. Um, such an unbelievable effort from both sides. Um, obviously, a lot of talk beforehand about the different uh, who was going to take the field, but at the end of the day, you have 15 players on both sides who were just, or 23, because the bench has made a massive difference. But they gave absolutely everything, even Leinster, to come back, to hold out the way they did for so long and come back and finish as strong as they did in the last, you know, 20, apart from that last five. But 
I had I really had no faith in Munster doing that with ten minutes to go. The, the decisions started going Leinster's way. Munster looked really tired, but to be able to go um, that deep and pull it out the way they did was I just I was it was one of those ones that we've we've been faced with that so many times from monster perspective and kind of it's gone the other way so to just get one and to reach a final from what you know the season we've had i think it's just unbelievable i'm delighted for the players and, and for everyone involved yeah and put a little spoke in lancers build up to the champions cup final as well it's a nice little bonus mm. talk to us about the drop goal itself there barry because it didn't funny i was watching it on rte tv hugh Cal and don lennon were commentating and it wasn't as though this is going to be set up for a drop goal. They were actually more focusing on one slip up from Leinster here and there's a penalty and that's going to win it for Munster. It seemed as though on TV it, it almost came from nowhere. Did you see it being set up or were you expecting that to happen? No. I, do you know what? I think the the way the TV footage is going now is they zoom in so much on the rocks that you don't get that zoomed out shot of Crowley. But if you look for about about 20 seconds before he actually takes it, he, he goes down, he pulls the socks up and knowing what he does, watching back the second time, you kind of see that he's getting ready for it. And then Leinster counter rook the rook, and they almost win the ball. And Casey's kind of in there digging, so it's actually longer than you expect. But I just don't think we get the the zoomed out footage. But I think Crowley's back there for a while. But it just looked like everyone was was just on their arse at that point and and blowing. So there was um. I don't think Leinster were expecting it. No one in the stadium seemed to be really no. expecting it, but oh, it was incredible, I suppose, composure from, from Crowley, wasn't it? Um, like he'd never look for a second like he was going to miss yeah. that. Because, we, you know, how hard is that to pull off that skill with three fellas coming from, from either side of you? So, yeah, it was Well, especially uh, when it's Ryan Baird, who's the tallest, fastest yeah. man in the world to be coming at you. And he, he <laughs> yeah. was one of the few people in the stadium who spotted it. So it wasn't like he was caught in his heels. And then I noticed the drop goal, it cleared the dead ball. You know, like it was a proper really? clean yeah. strike straight through the middle. And it must have missed Baird's fingernails by millimetres. And yeah. I don't know, just something about Crowley, like since he's come through, he hasn't been perfect by any means. But there's just something about his attitude that makes you think this kid will figure it out and make a really good career for himself. I agree, yeah. Even to meet him now, I'd meet him a good bit around UL and around Limerick here and great guy he'd come straight over say hello very confident very self-assured and um lovely fella and you can even see him on the pitch when when all those decisions were being made whether they were right or wrong whether it wants to go to the corner or to take the penalties it was Crowley making the decision he was the one that was there going right like ahead of Peter Armani ahead of Ben Healy um so he just feels like he he wants and I saw Murray Kinsella put up a a video of um earlier on in the build-up to that play when he catches the loose kick from Nick, loose kick from Nick McCarthy and he he attacks the Leinster line and you think he's going to put on the Crowley footwork. Mm. He gets he usually goes hard at the line, then he put on the footwork and he picks out Harry Byrne and just goes straight at him and bounces him mm. and goes over the top of him. And when, when do you see a 10 doing something like yeah. that and then five or six phases later to, to kick the drop goal? It's just unbelievable. The celebration was pretty good as well, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it's in the blood. It's in the court blood. <laughs> we were talking. I, I don't know. Does, 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 how does that even come into his head? Does he usually celebrate like that, or is it just some image just pops in his head and it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna emulate Roger? Yeah, I love the way. I don't know. Was it Dan Sheridan or whoever took the photo? Just put it straight up afterwards in Info Sports about or photos of the the two, I you know identical shots of Roger on the way with the finger in the air. 
Um, I look, this it's in the the blood, isn't it? When you watch the guy like Raj, and um, even when Raj put the the wheels in motion about potentially signing Crowley for La Rochelle a couple of years ago, yeah, um, that that was Corcon Mafia at work there, one hundred percent. Like like the time Raj was uh, asked to play for the Miami Dolphins, like probably no probably no truth in that. Part. It was, uh, it was uh, you know, he he's, he's they're they're very good at uh, yeah. Kind of it does show you, though, that, you know, heroes matter and history matters. And it's been a long time. Was it uh, 11 wins or 11 losses and one win against Leinster? And I think 12 and 13 at the Aviva between the two sides. And yet in that moment, what pops into his head is bloody Ron O'Gara. You know, it does show you heroes matter and history and all those elements that have gone before kind of feed into this performance in some way. I don't know if he had had Raj in his head. Go, do you think? Well, he, he did a millisecond after it gone over the bar. Yeah, do you reckon he did? Oh my God, that's even more impressive if he did. That's the first question I'd be asking. Well, that's what now. we were saying. How was that in his head? You know, was he yeah. runs away because the game wasn't assume, won? Like, <laughs> I assume it's subcon- I assume it's subconsciously just in his in his blood in his DNA. But but you're right, one hundred percent. There's with Jack Crowley, you do get a, a sense of that off him that he's. He's pure monster, born and bred. Um, and even the way they talk about Leams at the moment, I'm loving what Leams is doing in uh, in that monster dressing room. And you get a few snippets of it from that. They kind of give that behind the scenes monster footage at the moment. And uh, Leams is a guy who didn't talk a huge amount in the dressing room back in the day, but what an unbelievable player. What a presence. Like he's he kind of a generational player in a way. He finished way too early, retired. Same same year as I did. He was only twenty nine, and uh, had quite a few injuries throughout his career. But a freak of a player and a freak of a mindset. Such a tough man, and you can kind of see what he's yeah. the impact he's having on that dressing room, and he's instilling that belief, which Graham Roundtree talked about after the game. So all all the video. I don't know if you got this uh, of the coach's booth is like Prendergast and all the rest of them going absolutely bonkers and Leamy stony-faced, like even at the <laughs> full-time whistle just didn't move a muscle. I know, that was just perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> absolutely perfect. Uh, never gets too excited, calm, collected and look, they, but that's the thing, they've got a, a bigger one to, to, to come now, you know, it's worth, it's mm. not that it's worth nothing if they don't go on and beat the Stormers because obviously this is a huge monkey off the back getting up to the Aviva and, and beating Leinster but um They'll, they'll, they're just so desperate for a trophy at this point that yeah, it'll, it means nothing really to guys like that anyway unless they get the, the win against the Stormers. The way they did it as well though has to give them a lot of confidence, you know, to be deep in their own line with a couple of minutes to go, to have a couple of goes and run it from there. Obviously they, at times they had to kick it as well but you know, literally sidestepping and, and offloading around their own line. It's, it was mad to watch. It was, it was brilliant. Like I think uh, Gavin Coombs of the turnover on their line, when you feel like Leinster were just humming at that point, unbelievable turnover. Craig, Craig Casey kicked it, and they did so well to not put the ball off the field. If you watch it back, Monster, a lot of the time, you know, they didn't want to give Leinster too many easy lineouts and access into their twenty-two, so they kept the ball in play. And uh, I can't remember who returned it, maybe Tommy O'Brien and uh, Leinster knock it on. Erzy hits Hodnett, skips past two defenders, and. Uh, passes to Rory Scannell, who had an unbelievable impact when he came on. And uh, he makes a little break, gives it back to Hodnett. So it's a little one-two there. And then Casey puts it down the field. Brilliant kick chase line. And uh, as I said, it then it, then it turned to, to Crowley to, to carry. And they just, 
had that patience at that point um and the whole stadium was on its feet it was uh it was an incredible finish and and look they deserved it i think you'll, you'll have to say that it was it was a great game such a brilliant game and uh i think all in all they a lot of the complaints at the moment could on about the referee i think maybe that's just because it was a bit raw i thought frank murphy had an excellent game when a game is that good the referee, I think, has to play his part and let a lot of things go. And, and there was so much. I'd love to see him, what the ball in time uh, was for that game because it seemed to be just relentless and end-to-end. It was, it was wild and hectic and the breakdown was a bit mad. I'd say there was a load of mistakes made, but probably evened out. I don't know. I didn't get any feeling of bias or anything like that. But I just just thinking about this coaching team that Roundtree, Leamy, Prendergast and the rest of them and how much it's changed with basically the same players in the space of a season and they've obviously stuttered and the start was very bad and then there was the the really bad couple of games where they were shipping 40, 50 points but they had to play really well for 80 minutes to win that game and they should have won it by more. They actually outplayed Leinster, let's be honest, and, and they should have had it won and not needed the Crowley drop goal but it's some turnaround, isn't it, in terms of belief was the bigger thing for me because... They had so much time in that game to think about all the chances they'd butchered and the fact that it was Leinster and the fact that it was the Aviva. Yeah, like I think this it's a similar team. It's the same team as what they've had over the last few years, but they weren't allowed to express themselves. They weren't allowed to play under Van Gran. It was so frustrating going up there. I think I've commentated on every one of those Leinster Monster games of the last few years in the Aviva. And you're going up there and, and watching them playing within themselves, not being allowed to, to just go out and and throw the ball around and play at the speed that they played. Like the rock speed last night was off the charts from a monster perspective. And um, that's the kind of game that Mike Prendergast wants to play. And I think Graham Roundtree is the kind of guy who's just coming in, settled the ship. He's uh, brought the consistency from the last few years, but he's got some buy-in from those players. And then he brings in someone like Prendy, who's so much experience playing with it. attacking, playing attacking rugby, having coached Rassing over the last few years. And, and to bring in Leams and his, I think the defensive record is the best in the URC uh, for Munster this year. So there's been massive inroads made. Terrible start to the season, but that's going to take time. They've had to, to embed those ideas. They've had a lot of injuries um, and it, yeah, they've just had ups and downs throughout the season, even losing those four players to HIAs last weekend. Like, yeah. oh, Jesus. Um, when are they going to catch a break? You know, mm. but it is belief. He talked about that a lot in the after in the, on RTE after the match around three, where they've just got buy-in and it's effort. And to go down to to South Africa and get those two results was incredible. And then to go to Glasgow, get the win over there. So they've done it like kind of the way I suppose Farrell framed the Six Nations. It's chaos and it's mm. you know when your back's against the wall, you've got to produce. And um, it because of all those I suppose hardships that they've faced and. You get to five minutes to go on in a in a derby match, and, and you manage to pull it out, and um, that'll stand to them. Hopefully, going into the Stormers match as well. Yeah, what about Erzy? <laughs> like we were basically <laughs> told he was retired, and we'd hear the news in a few weeks, and then I see I, him I, knocking Max I, Deegan back ten meters. I had Willie the Tyler out of my house on Wednesday night, <laughs> um, and Willie the Tyler is the most. Or so he tells me the most informed, informed monster <laughs> fan. He's, a, he's gone. He's retired. Gone. Fucked. Never <laughs> see him again. And then to see him in the team sheet on Friday, uh, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I haven't seen Earls in a while, so uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I assumed he was out for the season at least. 
but to put in an 80 minute performance and uh, have some massive moments it was just I mean to have that experience to come into your dressing room alone um, and to see him with his daughter at, at the end she's bawling crying up in the shoulder she, the emotion probably got too much but he, I think he said afterwards it was the hardest monster match he's ever played and um, I'm going out for a coffee in his in his little cafe in the afternoon I bring the kids out so He's rarely there, but I'll get the lowdown from uh, from his wife on him and, and how he's feeling. Mm. But um, yeah, look, he's uh, it's just you know, Earls is a legend. I love love to see him get on that World Cup squad, get um, a couple more caps, get to the hundred caps for Ireland, and I, and I think he will after that performance. Um, I think he will. But I mean, he, but at the same time, the decisions that Roundtree is to make now going into the Stormers match and who he plays, if you do get. Nash back, does he start? Does Earl mm. go? You know, Nash has been arguably our best player all season. Does Murray go straight back in? Casey was absolutely incredible on Saturday. Um, Snyman, I think you'd hope would go straight back in, but they're good, just good problems to have. But he's got a lot of decisions to make. Yeah, in fairness to Earls, he he managed to settle his daughter after a while as well. So it was even some top class parenting yeah, on show. You'd actually hear and go, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> we won the game. Don't you understand? Uh, so what, what about it, Barry? Will Willie the Tyler be celebrating a URC title? What do you think? Well, I uh, did Willie the Tyler see the Stormers celebrating <laughs> the fact that Munster beat Leinster in their face? I know. I, I when I heard that, I was there. Did oh, they? I assume, yeah, wow, I missed it. What? Yeah, I assumed it was like little bit of a few fists in the air, but it was as if they Ooh. won the World Cup the way they were carrying on. Um, so, I, I, I mean, maybe, you know, there's obviously two sides to it. They're getting a home draw, home final, um, but you wouldn't be celebrating that much just for the fact you get a home final. It's the fact that... Not on are, camera, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who the hell released that? Because um, what more ammunition do you need? And... Haven't gone down there and won three weeks ago. The first team to win uh, in Cape Town against the Stormers in eighteen months. You know, Monster will, will go into that with all the belief that they need. Um, and it just—you think they'll win? It. I do. I hope. I, you know, I, I, I do think they've with those players coming back in. I think I thought that I only saw the first half of the Stormers Connacht match because I was uh, obviously going into the ground for the for the Monster match, but Connacht rattled them. Um, probably just maybe ran out of steam after how much of a tough game they had the week before against Ulster mm. um, and, and they looked messy they looked you know same thing the way Munster the reaction Munster got when they went really at the Stormers they rattled them and uh, Connacht probably just took the foot off the, the pedal but Munster won't so um, yeah I think we, we can definitely get a win and have 12 years without a trophy this is a massive opportunity for especially the likes of Amani especially the likes of Earls and Murray to to get that trophy so oh please God <laughs> <laughs> good to catch up Barry thanks a mil thanks lads Done. life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. England have been absolutely ripped to shreds. Here comes uh, Rob Herring with the line of throw for Ireland on the England 10 metre line, far side. The ball is swept back, here comes Keith Earls, got us it now, races inside the 22 metre line, goes from the corner, Earls far side of the pitch, looks to touch it down, in for the try, far side of the pitch, 22 minutes gone, Keith Earls with the try, thrown over the tail end of the line out, across on the far side, liveliest man in the entire place was the Ireland foot on the wing, his name is Keith Earls. Murph, you've had a look at the Stormers celebration video there. Uh, yes, son. Uh, and I'm glad someone me- uh, mentioned to me the idea that this is because they're celebrating because it's a home final. Because I was literally looking at this going, oh my God, this is like the most unbelievable motivational video provided for your opposition that I've ever seen a team provide. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, I can understand, all right, that they don't have to, you know, sit on a plane for 13 hours and they can play in their home ground. I mean, it is it is of benefit. It is worthy of a celebration. Now, is it worthy of that amount of celebration, Zod? Uh, yeah, I hesitate to say that it, it's worth that amount of celebration. It will listen. be used as motivation in the Munster dressing room. Let's just put it that yeah, way. They're I not going to so. worry too much about the nuances of it. More rugby to come tomorrow as Leinster's entire season, as Simon said earlier, now comes down to Saturday's Champions Cup final. We'll be talking GA later on in the week. But it was a fairly dramatic Ulster final yesterday, Murph. Yeah, I mean, huge crowd, sold out Clonus, massive noise, ridiculous colour. And, you know, the Rory Gallagher situation obviously still hung over the entire day like a pall. I mean, I have to say, just watching it myself, I found it genuinely hard to get into in the first half. But the second half was much better as a spectacle. It was another one of those Gaelic... uh, football games it struck me as being quite like basketball it actually only really got going in the last 10 minutes and then the idea of one turnover one mistake deciding the entire game it made it really tense and it was one of those sporting events where you're watching it going the players are getting more nervous the longer this goes on not less nervous you know none of them were settling into the game Mm. it just got tighter and tighter and tighter and then after a couple of mistakes that did actually look fatal a draw game at full time then after extra time, and Oren Lynch, absolutely magnificent in goal for Derry in the penalty shootout. Now, Owen, if you were watching the penalty shootout yesterday, yeah, you may have thought, wow, why does it look so much more difficult to score here in Clonus than it does, you know, in soccer penalty shootout? Now, there's a bit about, I think, just like the kind of old-fashioned, like the camera is quite far away from the goal. Clonus is, you know, it's... You know, it has its critics. It's not the most glamorous setting in the world. This happens every time I watch a Gaelic football penalty shootout. I often feel there are quite a lot of misses, to be well, honest. No, your Galway lads notwithstanding, he hit the back well, there, of the net There's a game. reason for that, one because it is more difficult to score a penalty in uh, the GA. Because the GA goal is a full three feet narrower than a soccer is goal. Is it three feet? Yeah, so it's 24 feet by eight is a soccer goal. 21 feet by eight is a GA goal. So you'd have to say 18 inches on either side 
it is actually does actually make a pretty big difference. Mm. Um, so I think that that's going to make itself felt in more and more, uh, you know, of these GA penalty shootouts, and also the fact that like a lot, a lot of them are not penalty shootout takers. They're not like it's not a thing that's embedded. It, they have. I have like, to say a couple of the dairy ones, including the winning penalty, were absolute corkers. Yeah. Yeah, Conor Glass was uh, speaking after the game. He said, I changed my mind literally at the last second and <laughs> exactly reached it underneath the, the, the crossbar, which, uh, yeah, it looked pretty good. Yeah. But uh, when he's making his mind up, literally as his uh, right foot is going back to hit, hit the penalty, I mean, I'm, there's, you know, there's, there's some room for improvement there in the technique, I think. You mentioned Rory Gallagher's absence from the sideline yesterday. He has stepped back as dairy manager following the serious allegations of domestic violence made against him last week by his former wife, Nicola Gallagher, in a statement last Thursday Gallagher, Rory Gallagher said, allegations against me have been investigated and dealt with by the relevant authorities. The Public Prosecution Service in the North has said that it had received two investigation files from the PSNI. It was determined that there was insufficient evidence to provide a reasonable prospect of conviction for any offence in relation to any individual. On Friday, Gallagher announced that he was stepping back as Derry Senior Football Manager with immediate effect. This decision is born out of a desire to protect my children from the ongoing turmoil, he said. Now, we contacted the Derry County Board to ask if Rory Gallagher will be back on the sideline for Derry's next game in the All-Ireland Series and we have yet to receive a response to that question. And that's about all we can say about this story legally for now. That's about it for the show as well, Murph. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, I. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Owen. thank you, Simon. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you on the World Service during the week. The Second Captain's Podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.